Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, July the 28th. And welcome to our commentary. I guess the big story is the plea agreement that uh, Hunter Biden and his lawyers were not able to to wrap up, uh, I guess it was yesterday. But before we get there, I just want to direct you uh, to a post that I have over at the American Thinker. And it's a post where I reminisce a little bit about a movie that came out 45 years ago this summer, in the summer of 1978. Uh, for those of you old enough to remember, 1978 was the year of Saturday Night Fever, disco, the movie Grease. I mean, it was just a uh, a huge music musical year. And, you know, always uh, was a pretty good year for the movies, too, I guess. And one of the movies that came out that summer was called Animal House. And that's what uh, my American Thinker post is all about. Because Animal House is one of the craziest movies ever made. It was about a bunch of college students in the early 1960s, I think 1962, who had these crazy parties. And, you know, they, they were just, you know, they were just a bunch of rowdy kids who had a bunch of crazy parties. And if you watch the movie as many times as I have, I laugh every time I watch the movie because it's so crazy. Now, it was probably a little too vulgar for some people. I agree with that. And there was probably a little bit too much of a, uh, you know, of just kids rebelling. I understand that. But at the end of the day, it was just a fun movie. I mean, nobody got hurt. Um, nobody got suspended, I guess. And it was just a fun movie. And, and the reason I wrote the post today about the anniversary of the movie Animal House is because I kind of miss movies like that. I kind of miss movies that just entertain you, movies where you go to the theater and you laugh, you cry, whatever whatever the movie is, but you're entertained. So when you finish, you get up and you go out of the theater and you say, that was a good movie, that was a fun movie, that was a movie that made me laugh or made me cry or made me think of whatever. And those are not the movies they're making today. Too many of the movies today have a political signal, have a political, what they call virtue signaling, and they're, you know, sneaking in political messages uh, between the movie, whereas Animal House and a lot of those movies we grew up watching were just movies designed to entertain the audience, which is why I think a lot of people are going back to those movies. So check out my post over at The American Thinker about the movie Animal House that came out 45 years ago this summer when a lot of Americans were going to the theater like I was and just having a heck of a laughing time with the movie uh, Animal House. Well, I have a post uh, coming out Saturday morning about the, the Biden plea agreement. This is, of course, Hunter Biden. And they went before the judge. And I, I think, you know, my sense, and from I'm, I'm reading from uh, some of the people who are more familiar with all these legal steps than I am, but I think that the, the Hunter Biden team went before the judge thinking that the judge was going to simply rubber stamp whatever agreement they had. The judge was going to say, okay, fine, where do I sign? Let's move on to the next case. But it didn't turn out that way. The judge began to ask questions, and the whole thing fell apart. And one of the reasons that it fell apart is because the judge wanted to know if this agreement was basically protecting 
um, Hunter Biden against other things that could come up later, like uh, not signing up as a foreign agent, you know, doing business with other countries as well, and all these other things that could come up. And, you know, the, the prosecutor didn't have an answer. The defense didn't have an answer. So the judge says, you know what, I cannot agree to this. You know, if you if you're not capable of answering some of the basic questions. So in the post that I have coming out Saturday morning, I think the point that I make is that the Hunter Biden people thought that they were just going to walk in and get a rubber stamp. They were just going to walk in and walk out with a uh, with an agreement that basically protected Hunter Biden from any other any other accusation. And the judge was not going to make that happen, not going to allow for that to happen. And now the whole thing is a mess. The whole thing is a mess uh, for uh, for Hunter Biden. One of the things that I thought was very interesting, one of the people who I follow a great deal when it comes to these legal matters is Professor Jonathan Turley. You, you probably see him as a contributor to Fox News, but he also has a great blog, and I would recommend that you check it out, where he's constantly writing about legal issues. And he is now saying, that is Professor Turley, is now saying that the House of Representatives has no choice but to begin the impeachment inquiry. That the House of Representatives has no choice right now but to begin the impeachment inquiry. There's apparently some new information that's come out about the the Hunter Biden and Joe Biden finances. And I believe that in this uh, particular uh, appearance before the court, before the court, that Hunter Biden admitted to the judge that he had made some money from from China or had earned some money from China. Of course, that's a big problem if he wasn't registered as a foreign agent. So the Hunter Biden matter is not over. I think they thought that it was going to be over, but it's not over. And that's where we are. That's where we are. I think they they thought they were going to trick the judge. They thought they were going to push the the judge into a corner where the judge had no option except to accept the plea agreement, but it didn't turn out that way. It didn't turn out that way. They ran into a judge who was actually concerned about the rule of law, which is uh, which is a nice thing uh, nice thing to know. Well, while all of this was going on with Hunter Biden, you may have heard that apparently there's uh, more indictments against uh, President Trump. And, you know, what all of this means to me, you know, when I look at this political landscape and I see over here the Hunter Biden story and potentially uh, Joe Biden as well. And over here, you've got Donald Trump under investigation. You've got primaries coming up. What all of this means to me is that it's going to be very chaotic for the United States over the next uh, 12 to 15 months, maybe longer, that we may be literally having an election in 2024 for president where maybe one or two of the candidates could be under some kind of legal jeopardy. And it's just going to be chaotic for the United States. And that's something that uh, I was watching uh, former Secretary Pompeo this morning, former Secretary of State Pompeo, was on TV this morning talking about this, and he says this kind of chaotic, sorry about that, this kind of chaotic situation projects a, uh, a message to a lot of our friends around the world that the United States has sort of gone crazy. But worse than that, it projects a message to some of our enemies that this may very well be the time to take advantage of this weakness. I'm talking about China. I'm talking about Russia. I'm talking about Iran. Enemies of the United States 
who may be looking at all this weakness and all this craziness and all this chaos that they see on the front pages uh, saying to themselves, maybe this is the time to make a move, for example, against Taiwan. Maybe this is the time for Russia to make another move. Maybe this is another time for Iran to make another move. When you add all of that to the reality that the price of gasoline has gone up again, I just paid $3.49 a gallon uh, this week, $3.49. So we're getting, we're not to the $4 levels where we were, let's say, a year ago or so, but we're inching up in that direction. And every time you see the price of gas going up, well, that has an impact on the family budget. I, I, you know, the, the family budget, the one thing that the price of gasoline does is that it just throws the family budget off track. Because, you know, when you get used to having gasoline at $2, $2.25, and all of a sudden it goes to $3.49, well, that has a terrible impact on the family budget. And, of course, it has an impact on inflation because everything gets moved around by gasoline or by some kind of fossil fuels, whether it's diesel, whatever, whatever it may be. And not only gasoline, but the price of heating your home, the price of cooling your home. We're having a pretty hot summer. Obviously, the price of energy is also going to go up, uh, the price of energy, electricity, and all of that. So all of this contributes to this chaos that we're having in the country, and we need to figure out how we can get away, I think, as a citizen. I'm just simply saying, not so much as a conservative, but as a citizen, I'm saying to myself, we as a country are going to have to figure out how to do things a little bit better. Because this chaos, you know, always impeaching, impeaching, and it's just not working out well for the country. You know, we had one impeachment in the first 200 years of the republic, and now we're about to have another one. We've had three now in the last five or six years. I mean, we had two against Trump, I should say, and then, of course, uh, the, the one that I think is very probably coming against uh, President Biden. I mean, at some point, at some point, you have to stop impeaching each other and start governing. Because otherwise, I think a lot of Americans are just going to lose respect for the system and lose faith uh, for, uh, for what's going on. We're just spending too much time investigating each other. And as a consequence, we're not really taking care of the people's business. And that, I think, is what most people tell me when I, when I talk to them. Well, on this day in 1929, one of the more popular first ladies, of the 20th century, Jackie Kennedy was born. And of course, she was uh, John Kennedy's wife and a very pretty uh, first lady, uh, you know, very fashionable young lady, uh, young first lady. I think she was in her mid-30s when she made it to, to the White House, but she was very fashionable, very pretty, and represented the United States uh, quite well. She was born, I believe, in Massachusetts and uh, passed away in 1994. You know, there's a little irony there that uh, when Jackie Kennedy passed away in 1994, about a week later, Richard Nixon passed away in 1994 as well. And, of course, those two families, the Nixon and the Kennedy family, were, uh, you know, friendly political enemies back in the 19, 1960s. So we remember First Lady Jackie Kennedy born on this day in 1929, passed away in 1994. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you later. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.